have to think about why you're doing this. As long as you keep the big picture at the forefront, that's the most important thing. And it's for one, to have some generational wealth for my kids, two, to give something back to my community. And as long as I keep that in my head, which I always do, because I have to, it's like, okay, I get why we're doing it. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Gusto. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll benefits and HR to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Mag. And as a Side Hustle Pro listener, you will get three months free when you run your first payroll. So sign up and give it a try at gusto.com slash SHP. That's gusto.com slash SHP. Hey, hey, guys, welcome back to the show. Today I'm back with another Side Hustle Spotlight episode. So these are episodes, as you know, where I will interview someone who is still side hustling or very early in their entrepreneurship journey, just left side hustling and is now doing it full time. I'm finding it really interesting as someone who's going through her own journey, just recently having left her job. And so I really love speaking to other people at this stage as well. Let me know how you guys are enjoying these. So today's spotlight is Aaliyah Jenkins. Aaliyah is the owner and founder of Body Treats LLC. Body Treats is an all-natural, organic, chemical, and toxin-free skincare line that specializes in pastry-inspired scented products. Body Treats uses only raw, organic butters, organic oils, and certified therapeutic essential oils. Working in the healthcare field for eight years as a nurse practitioner and registered nurse, Aaliyah noticed that there was this kind of revolving door cycle with most of her patients. They continued to come back to the hospital with the same health problems that they initially left with. So she decided that it was time for a different approach and adopted a holistic lifestyle herself, which included a plant-based diet, physical and mental exercise, and the use of herbs as medicine. While adopting this holistic lifestyle, Aaliyah was also in search of an all-natural skincare product that smelled like baked goods and was unsuccessful in finding it. So she decided to make it herself right in her kitchen. Through the advice of her sister, she then decided to make her personal skincare products into a business. And in today's episode, we will get into how she side hustled while being a nurse, while getting pregnant, having her child, and how she was able to scale her business. Can't wait for you guys to hear this one. So let's get right into it. So welcome to the guest chair, Leah. Hey, Nikayla. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Let's jump right into it. What made you decide to start side hustling? Um, Okay, so I found out I was pregnant and I just started a new job, literally. So I knew I was only going to be working for six months. And um, after that six months, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So I already knew how to make body butters because my son, he had eczema. And um, I was making his own creams for him uh, because, you know, within the medical field, we like to write prescription for steroid topical ointments. And I didn't want to give him any of that because I know what the side effects and the long term effects of that was. So I did some research and made his own products. Um, so now fast forward, I'm pregnant. 
And I started making my own stuff for myself and was thinking about making a business into it, but was working on the plan. But once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, you know what? Let's just go with this because I know I'm going to be out of work for a while. I need to find a way to make some money and keep me occupied. So that's why I started my side business. So what was your full-time job? Uh, I was a nurse practitioner. And like being pregnant, going on maternity leave, were you planning to not go back? How did you know you'd be out of work for a while? Were you not getting paid leave? Well, I was getting paid leave, but the first time I went on maternity leave with my son, I was out for six months and I knew that six months wasn't enough time with him. So when I had my daughter, I I knew I was going to be out longer than six months. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure something out, you know? And then I was already not feeling working in corporate America, even though it's in the hospital. I was working in one of those big corporate teaching hospitals and I just knew it wasn't for me. Like, I don't feel like my voice was being heard. I don't feel like I was important. So I knew eventually at some point I was going to exit. And this just made it easy for me. You know, what's so funny is growing up, my mom always wanted, my mom's a nurse and always wanted one of the three of my sisters and I to be a nurse. You know, she was always just emphasized what a great job that is. So clearly, um, at some point, you thought that, but that changed. (laughs) Right. Well, I'll be honest. When I was a registered nurse, I loved it. I loved it. Um, The relationship between the registered nurse and the doctor was great. I feel like once I became a nurse practitioner and now I'm in the seat of making the decisions, That's where I feel like the dynamic between the physician and the nurse change. It was more as if, okay, you're still the registered nurse. You take the orders, you do this. And I'm like, listen, I have my master's. I have a license at my degree. Like we're supposed to collaborate with each other. And it wasn't that way. I don't, you know, you just don't feel hurt, at least in where I was working at. I'm not going to say the name, but at least (laughs) where I was working at, I just didn't feel I was being heard. So I just knew, and I could have went to another position and tried, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to do all this. I'm just going to find another way to use my license. Okay. So now you knew you wanted to start something on the side. And you already had experience making butters. How did you learn how to make butters and and how long were you doing that? Oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, when my son was born, he was born with eczema and I wanted to do something natural for his skin. Um, So I went on YouTube. Well, before I went on YouTube, I did research on what different types of um, oils and butters and things you can use on your skin. Um, of course, shea butter is the best. So from there, I looked at what oils, what mixed with it, what essential oils are best for your skin. And I went on YouTube and I watched a whole bunch of videos on how to make body butter. And just from, you know, experimenting and trying and using this and using that and see which one works on his skin, I finally came up with a formula that worked and went from there. So your formula, you kind of took a, it sounds like you you learned, but then you also experimented on your own. And that's how you came up with the winning mixes. Exactly. So how did you go about setting up the side hustle? Once you realized you wanted to start experimenting with selling, because I assume that's what you meant by you knew you had to do something. So what was your next step? Okay, so from there, I'm like, okay, I have this um, this body butter 
and it's great. So I had my sister try it. She tried it. She loved it. And she got some great reviews on it from her using it. I'm like, okay, so let me try. have some friends and families try it. So I had took it to a couple of family members. They all fell in love with it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I think it's time to sell. So I had a couple hundred bucks. I mean, like $250. <laughs> so I went to the African store, got a whole bunch of butters, um, essential oils. And I went to the Chinese restaurant, went and got some containers that you use. Like they have like those really small soup containers. Did you just say the Chinese restaurant? Yes, so- I did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did you convince them to give you these containers? Did you pay for them? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, I have, I think I bought like a hundred dollars worth. I was like, I have a hundred dollars. How many of these containers you gave me? He's like, I give you a dollar each. So he gave me a hundred containers for a hundred dollars. And those were my first containers. (laughs) And my first labels, you know, they were written on, like I wrote body treats on them and all the ingredients. And, um, I took it to my old job that I was working at before I got the new one. And at that point, I was really heavily into holistic care, like, you know, natural food, dieting, things of that nature. And everybody knew, everyone at my job knew that. So I was like, listen, I got these body butters that I made from scratch using this, this, nap. And they tried them and they all liked it. Like they were buying it from me, like right there on the spot. Really? Just so you would open it, they would smell it or? or Yeah. So I had some samples. Um, to the side. And I was like, like, these are the samples, try them, rub them on your hands. And, um, you know, working in healthcare, that's our biggest issue, our hands, because we wash our hands all day. So they were rubbing on their hands. They was like, oh my God, this feels so great. I love it. Yeah. I got some right here for sale, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, um, and at that point I was giving it away like for dirt cheap. Cause I just really needed to know like if it worked or not. And the feedback that I was getting was great. Everyone was like, listen, I use that cream. I cannot go back to using a regular cream after using this. Cause my skin feels amazing. And I was like, you know what? That's it. Let's go full throttle. Let's just do it. Had you made all 100 containers, like everything you bought from the Chinese store, did you fill up all of those and sell them out? Yes. Wow. I would say within about two months, two and a half months, I feel I sold them out because after I tried it out, I did an event right after, which was ridiculous. Like, who does that? Uh, I was like, you know what? Let me just take it to the masses. And I did an event and I sold literally everything I had. Wow. Were you still pregnant at this time? Yes, I was six months pregnant. (laughs) Crazy. I am so impressed because, first of all, you're scrappy. You know, you would think you would have gone to, I don't know, where do people go for containers? Michael's, Costco? I don't even know. But you're like, oh, let me just go down the block. (laughs) I've seen some containers at the Chinese store. Let's start there. Did you stay with those containers or after Absolutely that first batch? Not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where did you look next to find containers? Okay, so okay, so after that, I'm like, okay, I can't. You know what it is? I had a vision in my head. I wanted twist cap container. I wanted it to be clear and pretty and that acrylic kind of look. So I looked online and I searched so many places. And one place that I found is called Burling Packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, they have them. And what I like about them is they have it in all sizes from really tiny containers to really big containers. And I've been buying from them since then. But I, 
it, it was a difficult process because, you know, you don't want to buy bulk containers and you don't know what you're getting. So I had to go through a lot of companies and ask them if they could send me samples, if they mind sending me samples. Um, I did go to places like Michael's and things of that nature to see if they had containers that I would want. You know, then I experimented with glass containers. Terrible idea. Don't oh, do that. Why was but, that? Because <laughs> I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be environmentally friendly. <laughs> so <laughs> like, OK, yeah, you know, you can reuse it for whatever you want. Put some change in there. Glass to drink out of whatever. Yeah. No, that's a terrible idea. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Terrible but, because um, of how much it costs or because of the process to put it in there. <laughs> one cost. Two, it can break. And, um, but the process of putting it in was easy, but then, you know, you have to think about it. Like, you know, if I package this up and send it off, there's a possibility it could break. Absolutely. So, so yeah, but no, I found containers, they're recyclable. So it worked out great. Now let's talk about the marketing. So it sounds like initially right out the gate, there was a word of mouth. You were really taking advantage of those family and friends, but how did you start to, gain clients who don't know you, customers who don't know you personally? Vending events. And I didn't even know about vending events. Someone actually told me about it. One of my coworkers who I was selling butters to, she was like, you know, my church does vending events. You know, maybe you should look into doing something of that nature. And I'm like, what's a vending event? She's like, you know, those events where you go to and you have a whole bunch of people who have small businesses selling things. And I'm like, okay. And I did some research. I went right on Eventbrite and looked up vending events in New York City and found an vending event in Brooklyn right before the Christmas Kwanzaa time. And I did that event for my first event. And like I said, I sold everything. How did you know which event was worth doing? For example, did you look for a certain fee, you know, like it has to be under this fee for you to participate? Okay, so for my first event, I had no idea. I just saw it and picked it, and I got lucky. But being two years in business now, you have to be very strategic about your events. Um, So it all depends on what you're looking for. So for me, for myself, I'm looking for events where I can network, learn something, and make money. Um, Network, because I'm a small business and I really need to get out there and start meeting people. Of course, we want to make money. and learn something. And why I say learn something is because I have two small children. I'm not in a position to go to anybody's classes because I have to <laughs> set up babysitting services. Yeah. Um, I really can't go to school right now because it would really put like, you know, give, it would be difficult trying to do childcare and going to school and trying, I don't have the time. So if I pick an event where I'm learning something as far as branding and marketing and business, I just got all my money back if you ask me. But as far as the event, I don't mind spending $150 on on an event if I know I'm going to get all three of those things that I'm looking for. And plus, I'm going to make my $150 back plus some because that's just me. I'm a hustler. I'm not leaving until I make my money back. Whatever I spend on that event, (laughs) including transportation, I'm getting my money back. Yes, I am always the first to get there. And I talk to everybody. So even if you don't sell, sell skincare, you're coming to buy from me because I didn't talk to you and I haven't made you so intrigued. You're going to get, you know, you're going to want to buy it. And I'm always the last to leave. Always the last to leave. I like that you mentioned those three 
that that criteria because that applies to a lot of things. I think we could all take and practice that. So from now mm-hmm. on, we're going to events where we can network, learn something, and make money. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> get is, your money's worth. Get your money's worth. And now that you have exposed yourself to these people, their clients, their customers, they want more. Let's talk about the actual process of developing your online store. Tell us about that experience. What was that like? Okay, so initially for the first year, I didn't have an online store. I would just do events often. Like I was doing events like every other weekend. Um, So by the time I hit the end of year one, I was burnt out. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure something out because I can't keep doing these events and have these small children and be a wife. And it was crazy. So that's what made me say, okay, I'm going to start my website, which was smart because that takes care of me having to do events all the time. And even when I was doing my events, people were always asking me, do you have a website? And I'm like, okay, Aaliyah, it's time to get the website. It's time to get it up. Yeah, and it was the best thing I could have done. I'm like, why did I wait so long? Like, I should have been doing this. Because, <laughs> you know, no one wants to call you and put an order over the phone. Like, nobody does that anymore. They want to go on the website, order their stuff, get their confirmation, no one is coming, and call it a day. Like, they only want to talk to you when they see you in person. They don't want to talk to you on the phone. So getting the website was one of the smartest things I've done. You can build a website yourself. I didn't have the time to do it, so I paid somebody to do it. And I shopped around. I didn't just, you know, say, okay, first person who comes to me, this is what I'm going to do. No, I shopped around. Like, this is what I want to spend, but this is my vision and is my vision, can can you enhance my vision? Because I know my vision is limited. Like, as far as graphics and designs of that, that's not my thing. But can you see what I'm seeing and then make it bigger than that? And then once I found someone who could do those things, okay, now we can talk. So at this time, were you still working? At what stage did you step away from your job and were doing this completely? Okay, the whole time that I was pregnant, and working, I was running the company. So I started in August of 27, and then I stopped working in February of 2018, and I was running the business the whole time. Now, how did you juggle this while pregnant and working full-time? And you already had how many children? One or? One. One. And a husband. (laughs) I don't know. And we moved. (laughs) And you moved. Did you recruit help, like, on the weekends? Did you recruit your family members to help you out? No. Oh my and you know, <laughs> you know what the problem is, Nikayla? I am so stubborn and it, it has its pros because it gets things done, but it has its cons because sometimes you need to know when to take a step back. So, but my sister, she helped me the whole time. So I did have my sister there. And then when I did do events or if I needed the weekend to get butters done, the children's grandparents helped a lot. A lot. So you do need someone there to help you. But as far as like making the butters and everything, I did it all myself. Were you also getting feedback from people as people bought your products? Did you make any changes in your business based on things that your customers said? Um, As far as the product itself, no. But as far as like the labeling or the look, yes. You know, like little things that we don't think about. Like, for example, my first labels didn't have like my phone number or my email address on it. 
you know, and then one lady's like, you know, I like this, but she said, what if I lose your business card? And now all I have is this thing with this label and you don't have a website. How am I supposed to get to you? And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Maybe I should put my phone number, (laughs) my email address or my website, which will be soon coming on the packaging, you know, things like that. But as far as the product itself, I'm not changing it. And I didn't want to change it um, because I use quality products. Like I, I take that very serious. I use the best of the best. I'm not cutting it down to the point where it's like, I'm just, you're just rubbing something on you and it doesn't feel moisturizing or conditioning. Um, if you don't like it, then you just don't like it. And maybe it's not for you, but I, I won't change the product at all. I think the product is amazing. I think so too. And, and what do you think is your unique lane within body care and skin care? Okay. So I'm gonna be honest, right? Everyone who does skincare natural skincare uses shea butter and shea butter is amazing like i love shea butter but everybody does not like shea butter um some people don't like the heaviness or the greasiness of shea butter so i was like okay how can i do something different and that's when i researched mango butter and mango butter has all the same properties as shea butter as far as the fat content with the fatty acids, uh, the vitamins, um, the moisturizing and absorbability of it. But it's not as heavy and it's not as greasy. So you can wear it in the summertime. And that was the biggest thing. People were like, oh, I love body butters. But I can't stand wearing them in the summertime. And I'm doing summer events. And people were like, I don't want to try. I'm like, just try. Just put it on. And they would put it on. They're like, oh, my God, this is not greasy. Yeah. And you could wear it right now, girl. Yes, it's a body butter. <laughs> Come get this. <laughs> and can we talk but, about the scents? Yeah. First of all, can you eat them? Because I feel like the, the, when you smell it, you want to eat it. You want to at least taste it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's why I call it body treats. Because it's uh, a little treat uh-huh. for your body. <sighs> so, okay. So let me... <laughs> like, oh, you guys, come on. You don't get it. <laughs> All right. So let me go back a little bit, right? Yes. So body treats really started because I was trying to be sexy for my husband and I wanted to smell like chocolate cake because he loves chocolate cake. And I'm like, okay, let me try to find something. And I couldn't find anything. Like I went to like all these places, Bath and Body Works, Lush, all those places the body shop, Walgreens, nobody had anything that was natural. Every If, if I did find something that smelled like chocolate, it had all these chemicals in it. And at this point, I'm living a holistic lifestyle. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to find it, so let's just make it. I go to the um, African store, and I'm like, hey, you guys have anything that smells like chocolate? They're like, yeah, we got some cocoa butter. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I already knew how to make body butters because I was making them for my son, so I just experimented with what I had at home and I put it on. My husband was like, honey, this smells great. Like it, you smell so good. And I'm like, yes, that's what I was trying to do. Fine. It worked. Like I said, and then I started giving it away and everyone was like, okay, this is really great. But that was the first butter was chocolate cake. And I'm like, okay, I want to try something else. And I just started experimenting because I love essential oils. I already had a whole bunch of them in the house. And I just started experimenting. And next thing you know, we have vanilla almond and sweet mint and then pink lemonade and then orange creamsicle. <laughs> and then it just kept 
growing and growing and growing. Just I would literally wake up and have an idea and go try it. And it would work almost immediately. It's only one cent that I had that I had an idea in my head and it didn't work out. But the rest of them, it was almost instantaneous. Like it was meant to happen. It just worked out. How do you know that right mix of how many products you should have? Like, you know, as new ideas pop up, how do you know when it's like, okay, you know what? I have enough body butters. Like I'm giving people too many options now. Okay, so how it worked out for me is I wanted to make an array of products where it could touch on everything. If you like sweet, if you like citrus, if you like minty, if you like vanilla. Once I hit all of those marks, I was like, okay, I'm done. Because the thing about people is you can't give people too many options because they get too confused and they don't know what to do. But then you can't have too little options because they're like, oh, well, do you have this? Well, do you have that? And I do get people who come up to me and ask me, well, um, do you make this flavor? And do you make this flavor? And I'm like, no, this is this is what I have. And this is it. Because once you start doing too much and then I have to physically make these things, too. I don't have time to be making 20 flavors. Like, mm -mm. this is what, (laughs) you know, like, because I'm making everything by hand. This is what I have. And it touches a little bit of every personality. If it doesn't touch you, then I'm sorry. Then maybe it's just not for you. Maybe it's not for you. And, And, you know, not everyone's your customer, right? Absolutely. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. That is a okay. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsor. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know by now that small business owners, we wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are mad fun, I'm not gonna lie. But some of them, like filing taxes and running payroll, they're not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for us small businesses. It's fast with simple payroll processing benefits and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes, so you don't have to worry about all that. Plus, they make it easy to add on things like health benefits and even 401ks for your team. So those old school clunky payroll providers that you probably thought you had to look at, they just weren't built for the way we work as modern small businesses, but Gusto is. So let them wear all of those hats for you. You have better things to do. Side Hustle Pro listeners, you get three months free when you run your first payroll. So test it out. See for yourself at Gusto.com slash SHP. That's Gusto.com slash SHP. So at what point you had your baby and are there any tricks or tips you can offer people to managing a growing business while you're home with a newborn? OMG. So, <laughs> all right, I'm going to be honest. It took me literally a year to figure this out. Um, her first two weeks that she was born, I didn't do anything. I just couldn't. And then I was sitting with her one day and I'm like, Ali, what are you going to do? You're just going to give the business up? Like, you got to figure something out. So I literally have to plan daily, 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 daily. And I make three lists. One list for the kids, one list for body treats, and one list for Aaliyah. And then I prioritize those lists. And I take the 
two things from that list and get it done daily. I can't do more than six things to do in a day with the two of them. Anything after that, I'm, it's not going to happen. But at least six things I can get done. And I have to plan daily because, um, you know, their needs change daily. You know, if they're sick, I'm definitely not going to be able to do the same thing I was doing yesterday when they were running around well, you know, so you have to do that. Um, Second, you have to be consistent and you have to have patience. And when I say consistent, so for me, I make them go to sleep 10 o'clock. They're both in the bed. And from there, even if I'm dead tired, I'm up making butters, doing inventory, um, doing my accounting information because I can't hire all these people to do these things for me because all the money goes back into body tree. So I have to do it. And I have to be patient with myself and with the business because I do know that having a business is a long-term game. I'm not going to see money coming in the way I want for a while because the business has expenses, you know? Um, And then, you know, you still have to build up your clientele and things of that nature. So I just stay patient with myself and say, I see the long-term goal. I see my long-term goal, which is to make this a successful manufacturing business with employees, you know, because people who look like me and you, they need employment (laughs) and they need to be in a place where they can feel comfortable and feel enlightened and uplifted to work. Cause you know, it's not just about having my company. It's about teaching others too. I want to teach others, Hey, yes, you can have a business with your children and start, you know, and start, even though you're working, you can do it. It's okay. Um, I want to have business classes. I want to have an on-site childcare center. Like I have big goals for body treats. I have to keep in mind that it's going to take time for that to happen. So as long as I keep that in mind, I'm pretty much good to go. And how do you manage your customers' expectations when things shift like that? Like your kids were healthy one day, they're sick the next, you can't get as much done. How do you make sure the business still stays on track? I make butters every day. Every day. No matter what. And that keeps me afloat. As long as I keep them, keep producing them, if you order, it's always going to be ready. Um, and I also keep in my head, like, for example, when I order something, I want my stuff yesterday. Yep. Even though I ordered it <laughs> today, I want it yesterday. I want two-day okay? delivery, like, maximum. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume everybody's like me. Mm-hmm. So I have to constantly keep making butters because I don't ever want someone to be like, yeah, I ordered from Body Treats and I'm still waiting two weeks later <laughs> for my body butter. That didn't come in. So as soon as you order, it's getting shipped out. I don't play that. As you were speaking, I thought about, I ordered from another body care company one time. I don't know what their name is because it wasn't a good experience. So I just wiped them off my (laughs) No, but it, it was exactly that. Like I ordered, I think PayPal sent me a receipt, never heard from them. I had to be like, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I placed an order. Um, were you guys planning to send it? Or <laughs> right, right. Like, I was like, no, ma'am, no, thank you. Mm-mm. As soon as it comes in, blink. I print that receipt yes. out. Yes. 
Next and don't morning. get me wrong. Like, I know things come up. So that's why I asked you how you manage people's expectations. Because I think communication is what I need personally as a customer. It can right. be delayed. I will forgive you. I will, if it's the product's good, I will order again. But do not go quiet because you don't know what to tell somebody. <laughs> right. And <laughs> that's another thing. Be honest. Yeah, like, just be, be honest. honest. Like, there have been times where I've been delayed maybe a day or two. And to me, that is a lot. Like that stresses me out because I'm like, I don't like, I don't like anyone waiting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I let them know, like, you know, do the this, do the that. I, you know, I'm sorry. It'll come within a day or two or, you know, but just be honest. Like the customer will appreciate your honesty more than you not saying anything. So just, just be honest. Just be honest. So now let's talk about the challenges of working for yourself. You were working as a nurse, which has a wonderful salary. Um, mm-hmm. How did you and your husband decide that you you weren't going back? This was really going to be it. And how did you supplement or make up for that income that you no longer had? Right. So the good thing about it is I knew I was going to be out of work. So I started saving immediately. Like that whole six months that I was out, I literally saved everything I had. I also took on a lot of shifts. So whatever body treats needed, all that extra money that was coming in, I put into it. So when I did go out of work, uh, my husband knew I was going to be out for a while. So he prepared himself also. And um, he takes care of everything. Thank goodness. But he has to work like crazy also. So we just you know, really see each other as much as we want to because he works two jobs. But when we do see each other, we make that, you know, like we make it important. Like, all right, let's take some time. Let's talk. Let's do whatever it is that we're going to do to have that, you know, husband wife time with each other and uh, go from there. But he's very supportive. And that's the thing. Finding someone who really supports your vision. You know, he's just like, honey, if that's what you want to do. That's what makes you happy. Go for it. And he really supports me. And as long as you have someone who supports you and is in your corner and can see your vision, it can work. And you just have to sacrifice a lot. Like no hair, no nails, no toes, no clothes, no shoes, no no shopping, nothing, (laughs) nothing. (laughs) And I know it's temporary. It's very temporary. So I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. But it's a struggle because I'm, you know, I'm that girl. I'm that very prissy, super pretty girl. I'm like, "Mm, I just want to go to the nail salon. But it's like, no, because that money can be spent on something for the business. And this Mm -hmm. business is what's going to, sustain you 20 years from now. So yeah, those toes can wait. And although you can't always predict, you know, when you're going to be in the position you want to be in, did you guys also sit down and talk about, we are willing to do this for X amount of time and we're hoping to get here? Because we, we you and I both know a marriage can't sustain itself when your ship's passing through the night, right? So do right. you talk about what the end game is and how long you're willing to do this kind of non-ideal situation in order to get there? Hmm. I mean, I haven't had a conversation with my husband about that as far as like how long I'm willing to put into it. But I did have the conversation with myself. And like, let's be honest, 
if it gets to the point, okay. And I'm not saying quit. I'm talking about, you know, sitting down and planning out and, and saying, okay, I really think we can get to X by, if I do this and, and work as hard as I'm about to work, I really think we can get here. And then I will be able to, you know, do less of this or something. Right. Well, it's a little difficult to have that conversation right now. And the only reason why is because of the kids. So right now I'm slowly growing body treats with my children. Once the kids get to a point where they are able to pretty much do for themselves, and I mean like at school age, then I can think I will be in a position to have that conversation to say, I'll be able to do this at this time. But right now, because they're so young and they need so much, it's hard for me to pinpoint that. So I just really work with what I have right now. And what do you think if, you know, this is kind of new, but if someone's listening right now and if there's one way that they can help you besides babysitting, but with love Mm -hmm. body treats, like if there's one way that they could help you to grow your business, what would you say? Well, one thing I do, well, obviously making butters, right? But to the accounting part of it, because, because I'm constantly making butters, making butters, making butters, making butters, sometimes that does take a back burner and it shouldn't. That's actually the really important part because you need to see where the money's going, where it's coming out from, where it could be saved. You know, that I would say is where I need assistance with. Someone who can help me. I'm very organized. So when I go to do it, it's one, two, three, get it in. Right. It's just the time part of where to find time to get that in. So if I did have an assistant, I would definitely have an assistant help me with the accounting portion of it and making butters. <laughs> right. And you know, it's so important because it's not just keeping track of where the money is going. It's having a true understanding of what it costs you to make each butter. Because when you buy in bulk and you start just, you know, you're producing every day, it's easy to, if you're not weighing and doing the math on how much it is per ounce, gram, whatever, it's easy to not know your cost to make each product. And that's so important to understand your margins. Oh my gosh, that is the most important part. The most important part. Like, when I make every butter, I count every drop of oil <laughs> that goes in because you need to know that cost because if not, you'll lose money. Yeah. You know, you need to take into account how much product you're using, your packaging, your labels, your time. All of that has to be accounted into when you make your product. Because I've had people tell me your butters are too expensive. Well, mm, excuse me. These are quality <laughs> products, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm not just buying them. <laughs> right. I'm not just buying this right. stuff anywhere. I'm getting the best of the best. So when you come back, you know why you're coming back. Yes. It's not like, oh, yeah, I just use that. But no, girl, listen, I know this is this money, but I need this in my life. Like, I want you to feel like you need this. Right. And you can't do that when you're using basic stuff. Like, no, I'm getting the best stuff. Exactly. Period. And, you know, I guess being in New York might make it a little bit harder for some of your customers, too, because you're used to that $5 shea butter man on mm-hmm. the corner. This is mm-hmm. not the $5 shea butter, y'all. This is not right. that. 
<laughs> right, on Jamaica Avenue. Exactly. Like, no. No, it's not <laughs> that. So I hear you on that. And also, a little goes a long way. We're also used to just scooping out this big old dollop of whatever. A little goes such a long way with quality I, products. Yes, I tell my customers that all the time. Like, you should not be running through your butter in a month. Like, when you spend your money, it's you're getting your money's worth. A little really does go along. Like, a little fingertip full. You can rub on your whole arm. Mm -hmm. Literally. But that's what I want. Like, I want you to get your money's worth. Because yes. I'm putting all my love and creativity and time into it. I want you to feel like you're getting that back when you use it. Speaking of quality, you are making organic, vegan products. What is it like to preserve a product when you're not using preservatives? Okay. Very easy. As long as you're not using anything water-based, you're good to go. It generally has a shelf life of a year. So like in my butters, I don't use any uh, aloe or water or anything of that nature because it will mold and get bad. Okay. And does it the temperature matter? Like you have to keep it at a certain temperature? Yes. Room temperature. Anything over 70, I would say anything over 78 degrees is going to melt. <laughs> like, sorry, natural. <laughs> so I tell people all the time, don't leave it in your car on a summer day. Yes. You're going to come back to a bottle of liquid <laughs> because it's natural. Yeah. But the good thing is if you just put it back in the refrigerator or the freezer for a few minutes, it goes right back to its state. So you're good to go. Okay. And are you at the point where you can, you're making consistent revenue and you can kind of predict it each month? Yes, which is good. Like initially it was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going on. You know, like I wouldn't hear anything for weeks, then stuff would come in, they wouldn't hear anything for weeks. But now it's getting to the point where things are coming in daily, which for a year or two, I think that's amazing. I will take it. Like even if it's, it's, more, it's more like a couple of orders a day, I would say about two to three orders a day. But to me, like I said, I went weeks <laughs> without hearing anything. And wow. I'm like, oh, my God, this is not going to work. So I'm so happy and so thrilled to get a couple orders a day, honestly. And it's going to pick up. <laughs> right. After this. right. And what was your experience with profitability? So are you profitable? How long did it take you? And are you able to start putting any of that aside and not just back into the business? OK, so year one, I evened out. I put in what I put in, I made back, which is good for a first year. Um, now in year two, literally for the month of April, I'm starting to see a profit, which is great. Right. And then in January, February, March, I was able to put like a small little bit of money to the side for savings. It's small. But to me, that is huge and substantial because it's better than nothing. It's a start. So that's great. Finally starting to see a profit. But yes. the thing is, is you have to know your numbers. You have to be up on your accounting, which means like, you know, my first year, I was just getting what I can, what I can to get my hands on, whatever I can get my hands on just to, you know, keep things afloat. Now it's all about, you know, increasing profit and cutting back on costs. So things like buying in bulk when you can, cutting back on shipping costs when you can. You know, if somebody's having a free shipping special, yep, I'm buying that month. Thanks. I'll be getting that because shipping, that cuts into your costs. 
and looking for sales. Okay. If if I have a specific site that I um, get product from, I'm always watching for when they have a sale. And that helps cut costs significantly for me. Do you still do events or have you been able to scale back on those since you're online now? Okay, so yes, I still do events because I personally love events. I love having that one-on-one interaction with people. I like talking to people. I like to see their responses when they try the butters. So I do do events, but now I only do them about once a month. Whereas before I would do, I was literally doing events every weekend, Saturdays and Sundays. Now just once a month, which is great because that gives me time to catch up on my accounting, make butters, spend time with my kids and get everything that I need to get done. And still do events at the same time. Okay. And does Aaliyah get any Aaliyah time? Like I'm picturing you in your house, like from sunup to sundown. <laughs> do you leave your house? Do you, do you make your products in your house? How do you get time out of your house? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because the loneliness side of entrepreneurship and side hustling is real. <sighs> so how are you it's... dealing with that? Okay. It. I will be honest, it does get lonely sometimes. I'm like, man, I really just wish I could just like <laughs> go and hang out with my girlfriends. But you have to think about why you're doing this. As long as you keep the big picture at the forefront, that's the most important thing. And it's for one, to have some generational wealth for my kids. Two, to give something back to my community. And as long as I keep that in my head, which I always do because I have to, it's like, okay, I get why we're doing it. And it's temporary because there's going to be a point, like I'm really young. I'm just saying when I hit 50 and everything is like booming and running, I got a whole nother 50 years to do all kinds of stuff. So I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a great perspective to have. Like, wait till I cry after 50. Shoot. Right. We're sailing. The foundation we're laid right now. Listen, <laughs> so what is next for you? What What's your goal for the year? What are you working on? Well, right now I have um, my healthy hair. I'm tapping into the hair, just a, sm- just a smidget, not too much because hair, I didn't realize hair is like, oh my goodness, it's, it's serious. So, okay, so I tapped into the healthy hair stuff a little bit where I make my own hair oil. Okay. And I make my own um, hairspray. It's like an aloe-based hairspray. Everything is all natural. That one, I do use preservatives, only vitamin E for the hairspray because it does have aloe in it. And I make the aloe myself. And then I use um, I use an infused tea that I put in it. But um, I started using it in my own hair and I saw how crazy my hair was growing. And my sister was like, well, maybe you should sell that too. And I'm like, ain't nobody going to want to buy this. Everybody has their own hair products and stuff that they're doing. Yeah, right. Listen, have you met me? <laughs> have you met me? <laughs> Listen to Kayla. I cannot. I, I will send you some stuff, okay? <laughs> it's really good. I was, just today, I had to talk myself out of the CVS aisle. I was like, you know you have no business in here. You have enough hair products. You right. literally don't need anything in this aisle. <laughs> So, but that's the thing with making when you like when you it's a big like, okay, that was me. I would go to the beauty supply store or, you know, CVS Walgreens and get my hair stuff. And my hair wasn't doing what doing what I wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? Let me just try my own stuff. I had used, you know, for 
my skin. Let me try it for my hair. And it ended up working way better than the stuff I buy. I don't even use that stuff anymore. I was like, it's come on. So there's that. And then I'm working on a men's line. Okay. Yes. So we're working on like, I want to do like a nice box for the guys because they always feel left out. Every time I do an event, they're like, well, where's all stuff? I'm like, all right, fine. (laughs) They're just trolling. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's smart. Especially, I think the beard stuff is really taking off these days. So, yeah. So I'm working on that. And it's really nice. I have some guys trying it and they're really loving it. And so I'm doing like a, I'm going to do a beard box, which will come like beard oil, Mm -hmm. uh, beard balm a body butter, and a soap for the guys, so. Okay, so let's jump into the lightning round. You know the deal. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Yep. Alrighty. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your side hustle that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Side Hustle Pro, right, and Skillshare. Ah, whoop, whoop. (laughs) Number two, what's been the best business book that you've read this year? Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Amazing book because it talks about like the importance of financial literacy, um, how to make money off of investments, basically how to start and own a business. So that book really helped me with Body Treats a lot. So I would suggest that for anybody who's just who just wants to become literate on finances. That would be the perfect book. Number three, who is a Black woman side hustler that motivates you to keep going and why? Mahisha Dillinger. She is the owner of Curls and she had her own start like me. She was in corporate America, didn't feel appreciated, got out of it and started Curls. And that was like almost 10 years ago. And Curls is like popping now. Oh, yeah. It's like a big thing. Number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly with your side hustle? Okay, plan daily, make your list daily of what you can and cannot do and prioritize that. And consistency and patience helps a lot. And then finally, what is your parting advice for fellow side hustlers? That it's okay to scale back. And what I mean by that is this, like for my first year of body treats, I was running, 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 running. And I ended up experiencing burnout in year one which is crazy. You shouldn't be experiencing burnout in year one. Um, A lot of people would keep going. Me, I was like, I got to do something. So I scaled back. Mm -hmm. And and that was the best thing for me because scaling back actually helped me make more money because I was able to see what the problem was and find solutions for it. That is such good advice. It's it's okay to scale back. You got to sometimes take a step backwards to move forward. So thank you for that reminder. Now, where can people connect with Body Treats after this episode and buy all all of your inventory? (laughs) So so we do have the website, uh, which is uh, Love Body Treats. That's L-U-V-B-O-D-Y-T-R-E-A-T-S dot com. Or you can email me at lovebodytreats at gmail.com. My IG handle is uh, L-U-V underscore body underscore treats. All right, guys. And there you have it. 
Hey, hey, thanks for listening. Now stay connected in between episodes by texting Side Hustle Pro to 44222. You'll get my weekly Six Bullet Saturday newsletters where I share what I'm up to, what I'm reading, my business tip of the week, and resources to help you grow your side hustle. And I'm working behind the scenes on some live events, which my email list will get access to first. So make sure you're in the loop. Text Side Hustle Pro to 44222 or visit sidehustlepro.co slash SBS. Thank you.